Father God, we thank You for this opportunity today. Lord, we thank You for Your Word, and we ask that it would go forth in power, Lord, that it would be Your Word and not the Word of man, that, the, that we would be open and receptive hearers, that our hearts would be good ground to receive Your Word and produce a full harvest in this earth, Lord, a 30, 60, and 100-fold, Lord. We, by faith, call ourselves good hearers, and receive the goodness of God today into our hearts. And we thank you for it. And from this day forth, we will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to Hebrews 6, and we'll start there. Um, we're going to look at love and faith. But you can't separate the two, because without love, nothing works, right? right. And besides that, that's how I see. It's because I need a lot of love, so you guys get to learn with me. Amen? As I'm learning about love, you get to learn with me. But, uh, you know, faith is an important part of our walk with God. You know, we're faith people. We go to Faith Life Church, don't we? And uh, faith is, uh, we always desire our faith to have that certain end, and that's us winning. Amen? In every circumstances. And so many times people are starting their faith walk, but they're never finishing it. Amen? Amen? Because how many know that he's the author and the finisher? Right? So he's got a start for us, but he also has a finish for us. But we have to do things to do both. Right? And uh, so we don't want to be a bunch of starters. We want to be a bunch of finishers. You know who finishes? He who wants it the most. He who desires it the most. He who endures all things. Amen? Amen? And he who walks in love with that foundation can endure all things. So we'll look at faith and we'll look at uh, how, the, how the people of faith and uh, what, what, how we're to extend our faith in this earth. Because it's not just about how much stuff we can have, right? How, how many know if your faith is only being used on you, it's being wasted? Right? Because faith, uh, you know, I was telling them in the first service, if you look through Hebrews 11 at everybody that's mentioned in the hall of faith, they weren't using it for them. Right? The faith, they were believing God for promises for you, for me. Right? And, and so faith is about much more than uh, just starting and, and I need this and I need that and if I can just believe I can have that. Yes, if you can believe, you can have all things. But believing is a heart. Right? It's not, it's not a head. It's not a circumstance. It is a heart. And the first thing that heart must do is love, to have true faith. Glory to God. Look at Hebrews uh, 6, verse 14 and 15. The title of, our, of my sermon today is jo- uh, Jog with a Smile. <laughs> and this came up uh, several years ago. Um, I would not jog. Now, I have been jogging since, and I haven't jogged lately, by the way, but I had been jogging since, but... Uh, Kate was looking at me one day and asked me wouldn't, why I wouldn't jog. And I said, when I see somebody smiling and jogging, then I'll start jogging. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you ever notice people jogging? Like, <sighs> and, I mean, they get some ugly looks. I mean, when I'm jogging, i got to look really ugly because there ain't no happy about it. <laughs> right? It's, it's a necessary evil. <laughs> For me, I'm not saying it's, that's what it is. No, don't, don't quote me on that to the world. Yeah, me and Kim do it so we can eat chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's why you jog is so that later you can eat chocolate chip cookies and cake, right? 
zeroes out your jogging, but at least you're at zero again. Huh? Yeah, we, we'll, go, we'll go walk through it. We'll be sitting there Sunday afternoon and say, man, chocolate chip cookies would be good. Maybe we should go walk first. And we'll go walk and then we'll eat chocolate chip cookies. Do you guys see a problem with this? I see no problem with this. But as a Christian, everything we endure, everything we go through, we should go through with a smile because of the joy set before us, just as Jesus Christ did. Amen? And uh, in, in Hebrews 6.14, it says, saying, he's talking to Abraham, he says, saying, surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. In 15 it says, and so after he had patiently endured. Now, we thought, well, all he had to do is have faith. No, he had to patiently endure. Right? Well, but he just had to have faith. No, he had to patiently endure while his faith was working. Amen? How many know in uh, Galatians it says faith works by love? Right? In other words, for faith to work, it has to be undergirded by all the characteristics of love. (laughs) Okay? Patient and endurance are not characteristics of faith. They are characteristics of love. Right? He patiently endured. Why? Because the seed was the one that w- by which Jesus would come into the earth. Not because he needed an Isaac. <laughs> right? How many know that they weren't just sitting there one day and say, God, we just want a kid. We just want a kid. All we want is a kid. If we just had a kid, boy, we'd like a kid. If we had a kid, that's all we'd ever want in our whole life. No, that's not what they were doing. They were believing in the very avenue by which Jesus Christ would save the world. Amen? So it was much larger vision than just a vision of, I want a child. Amen? And, And that's what we have to get. There had to be some love for you and me. For Abraham, from Abraham. Abraham loved you and me. Right? That's the only way you patiently endure. There's no such thing as patience outside of love. <laughs> you know what patience is, is outside of love? Doomed. Huh? And, and endurance outside of love quits. Amen? Why? Because it's, it's all in your flesh. It's about what you can do. It's about how, how you can get there. Without love, we, won't, we will never reach the eternal value of the things God has for us without the love of God. Your faith walk will mean nothing. What's he say? He said, I don't care if you have faith that can move mountains. I don't care if you don't got love. Why? Because your faith now has no value. This is what gives our faith value. This is what takes our faith from, from us to others. Amen? And so it becomes a much larger vision because now it becomes God's vision because your faith isn't always about you. And you will be able to endure when it's the love because love will cause you to endure because love is a desire to always succeed because love's unfailing. Right? So love will always cause you to succeed. So when you begin a faith walk by love, it is a faith walk that is getting ready to succeed. Amen? Amen. So when I say, you know, I've been believing, but it, it just ain't happening. What do I need to add to it? Love. A characteristic of love. Maybe may patient endurance. But it will be a characteristic and a quality of love so that it is able to succeed. Amen? And, and so 
So when we say, well, I've got to believe for this and I've got to believe for that, we should be believing for others. Right? Because we already believe in the God that will take care of us. Right? I remember um, my mom taught me this when I was a little kid. You know, if I'd walk up to her and I'd say, Mom, I've I, I got a pain right here. And she'd say, well, you better pray for somebody else because you can't be sick. And I learned that all my life. I mean, you walk up and you tell her your stomach don't feel good. She said, pray for people with stomach aches because you don't get sick. What's she saying? She's saying, God's already healed you. So pray for others that might be feeling the way you're feeling right now. Huh? And, and, and that's love. What, what she's saying is don't, don't really, you know, it's almost selfish to say you're the only person that could feel bad. Pray for somebody else that feels bad. Amen. You know, we spend so much time asking God for stuff for ourselves when we should be spending time asking God for others. Amen. Amen? Because asking for you all the time has got to be boring to God because He already knows what you need before you ask. Doesn't mean you don't ask. He does require that we ask. But have you ever found yourself, and I know you guys haven't, but I have, and it seems like every time you pray, all you're praying about is your circumstances, your situations, and what's going on in your life. Lord, help me with this. Help me with that. And if I could just do this, and if I could just do that. If you find yourself praying with the me's and I's, kick them out. Kick them out. Because it's not about me and I. It's about others. Our lives, just like Jesus' life, is about other people. And everything we do, including our walk of faith, is always and always will be about other people. People say, I don't know how much longer I can take it on this earth. It's just such a bad and evil earth. You can take it forever if, people are, if, if, you're, if your motivation is people. Because if Jesus came back tomorrow, every person in here knows somebody that wouldn't go. Does that make you happy? Sure, we'd be happy if Jesus came back tomorrow. Right? But somebody wouldn't. Right? So I can endure the world for somebody else's sake. Amen? I can endure because it really ain't that bad. Especially not if you're in America. Right? So we can endure. Boy, that went way off the where I was, so let's find a good place to jump back into these notes. Amen? Well, I'll tell you what. Faith works by love. That's what we we're talking about, right? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. Start at, start at verse 4. Because this is how faith works. You know, people want to know, how, how do I get my faith to work? I'm going to show you right now. Faith works by, being, by suffering long. Isn't that what it says? Faith works by love? Yes. So faith works by suffering long. Yeah. In other, and suffering long means literally patience and endurance. Yes. Right. In other words, it doesn't mean quitting and giving up. No. Right? What, why? Because love suffers long, then faith therefore works by suffering long. People say, I don't want to suffer. Suffering, that's icky. You don't feel good and bad things are happening. He's not talking about suffering like that. You're just going to be able to suffer not being what you want to be because guess what? The flesh don't want to love. Your flesh don't want to love. It wants to have its way. It wants to call people names. It wants to yell at them. And it wants to be mean. And then at the end of all that, it wants to be right. And guess what it ain't? None of those. Amen? So faith works 
by patience and endurance. That's by suffering long. Faith works by being kind. Right? People say, I don't know why my faith's not working, but I sure don't like them. (laughs) And I'm not helping them. And I'm not going here. And I won't do the... Kind what? (laughs) Right? And I don't know why I have to hear this, because I'm kind all the time. I've been giving and doing. I'm kind, kind, kind. Guess what? If you have to tell people you're kind, there's a really good chance you're not. Right? (laughs) Really good chance if you have to tell someone that ain't you. Amen? But that's all of us. We're kind, right? Right. And our faith works. Faith works by being kind. Faith works by envying not. Faith works by vaunting not itself. In other words, it doesn't exalt itself, right? It's not boasting about what it can do, right? Anybody ever heard somebody say, I got this car by my faith? No, you didn't. God gave you that car because you believed in His love for you. Your faith is in the love of God for you. Jesus didn't say have faith. He said have faith in God. He said have faith in love, right? God has given us a knowledge of His love for us and through us by the Holy Spirit. We always have a knowledge of His love in us. Even if our head forgets it, our heart knows it. You hear people say, I just don't know, I haven't been very good. You know, God probably wouldn't have anything to do with it. You know what? They're only trying to fool themselves. Because if they got the Holy Ghost in them, they know the love of God. They got saved. And they ain't getting unsaved. Amen? Doesn't boast about what it can do. Faith, faith's not always looking to tell you how great it is. Right? Faith's looking to tell you how great the God it is in is. Amen? Every time somebody says, man, that's nice thing. That, yeah, God got that for me. Yeah, He loves me. Oh, good news. He loves you as much as, much as He loves me. And He'd do the same thing for you. Just cause. Glory to God. Faith works by not being puffed up. In other words, it doesn't think too highly of itself. It's not, I'm not saying it thinks lowly of itself. It doesn't think more highly of itself than it ought. Right? Faith thinks exactly what love says about it. Right? And that, that's why we only have to find out what God says about us. He says we're healed. He says we're whole. He says we can have His peace. He says we can have His joy. We, he says that we'll prosper in all the things that we do. We just have to believe what God says about us. Yes. That's not exalting yourself above measure. He exalted you. If you have to tell people how great you are, then you're not so great. Right? By the way, I'm great. Just so you know. God is great. Amen. Verse 5. Faith works by not behaving itself unseemly. Faith works by not seeking its own way. Right? (laughs) Well, I just got to get faith so I can have that nice sports car. You know what? You got to have faith that God loves you and wants you to have that nice sports car. But if all you're believing for is that new sports car... It's worthless. Doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have. He wants you to have all kinds of things, the desires of your heart, and be rich beyond measure. 
And, and it, you will have to be in faith to do it because you'll have to be in faith because people won't like you after that. Amen? But our God wants us to have all that, but He wants us to have it in love because He wants to know if He wants to use that sports car to get somebody into the kingdom of God, it's gone. That sports car is merely a tool to win people to Christ. Amen? That's all that anything He gives us, it, 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 it's, its purpose is to love people with. That's its purpose. Amen? Amen. Uh, faith works by not being easily pr- provoked. Faith works by thinking no evil. Do you know faith works by forgiving? If you are unable to forgive and wonder why your faith's not working, faith works by love, and forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. Right? That's what God did through Jesus Christ. He forgave you and me. That was the ultimate act of love. And if we say we can't forgive and expect our faith to work, it's not going to. Amen? People say, oh, I don't like that, Dave. You would if you loved. Amen? We'll, we'll all like it when we get it. Okay, I'll like it when I, when I get it, and you guys will be happy for me, right? Okay, help me get it. Thank you, Lord. Faith works by thinking no evil. Verse 6. Faith works by rejoicing not in iniquity, but faith works by rejoicing in the truth. Faith only looks at the truth. It doesn't look at what anything else says. Therefore, it doesn't quit on people. If you'll look at the truth, which is what God says about people, not what their circumstance, not even what they're doing is the truth. The truth is they were worth the life of Jesus Christ. They were worth going to hell and coming back for doesn't matter what they're doing, how, how, how it looks like they're being. We don't quit on them because we rejoice in the truth. That's right. And therefore, you can have faith for a person's salvation well beyond their, what they're doing. Right? Because your faith works by love and you love the truth about them. Somebody spoke the truth over you when you were acting like a fool. Okay. Somebody spoke the truth about me when I was not acting like the truth of God's Word. Amen? And they probably still do. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I know. I act good all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I got an amen. She loves me. Amen. Verse 7. Faith works by bearing all things. Faith works by believing all things. Faith works by hoping all things. And faith works by enduring all things. Faith works by all these things because this is how love works and faith works by love. Amen? And if we endure all things, if we hope all things, these are all things. Are you hoping for yourself? Are you enduring for yourself? These are all go and do words. Have you ever noticed that love is all a go and do words? They're not words about you. Are you always hoping for yourself to get saved? You're saved. How much more hope you got to have? Huh? The next thing we've got to do is have a faith that will endure all things. Why? Because when you begin to endure, you begin to think about others. Because you're not enduring for yourself. You're enduring for others. Amen? Let's think about Paul for a little bit. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 9. 
1 Corinthians 9, uh, start around verse 22. In verse 20, 21, somewhere he starts talking about, I become uh, to a Jew, I become a Jew. But to, a, to one under the law, I become as one under the law. To one uh, not under the law, I become as one. What's, what's he literally saying there? He said, I never put myself above somebody to try to get them into the kingdom of God. If I'm too great and they're too small, you can't do anything for them. Right? I don't care how much word we think we know. Anytime we put ourselves like this to people, we are now out of the game. Right? You can't minister to anyone from over their head. Where did Jesus come to get you? He came down to where you were and became like you in every way. And became tempted, just like you would be, in every way. And, and endured that temptation, not for himself, for you. Amen? For me. He endured everything he endured for others. Right? He could have stayed in heaven and never done any of that and not went through anything. But love doesn't do that. Right? How do, how's, once the, what's the, one of the first signs that you're in love? You're thinking about other people. Right? If, you think, if, you, if your thoughts are always about you, and we can get caught up really easy this way, guys. It's very easy to get caught up thinking about what you've got going on. Because it's bad. You know, oh, and, and the devil will make it worse. You know, you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay those bills. You know, I'm about to lose my job. Uh, been sick, you know, I'm, my stomach's been feeling bad too. Gosh, that's, and, and all of a sudden you hear a voice behind you, yeah, that's probably cancer, you know. And when the devil help you out, he, you start beating yourself up, he'll, he'll still take you on down to the ground, kick you in the ribs and turn you over and kick you again. Right? But that's, that all started from us thinking about our own problems to start with. What if you weren't thinking about your problem? What if you were thinking about somebody else's problem and praying for them? Amen. I'm not just talking about thinking about it. I'm talking about being proactive towards it in faith. In other words, Lord, I love my brother. Have mercy on them today. Help them to make it through. Help them to see your word and to come up. If, if not all the way, just a little so they can get their head above water, so they can breathe a little bit. And, and all the time the devil's saying, well, you've got all kinds of problems. What are you doing praying for them? Say, shut up, devil. Because your faith is now working for others, which opens a door for God to flood your life. Amen? Glory to God. And Paul says... He says, I, I become all these things. He says, and finally in verse 22, he says, I become weak. To the weak, I became as weak. What's he saying? He's not saying I became weak. He said, I became as them. In other words, I got down where I could talk to them. I didn't act like I was the greatest person ever. I didn't act like I had it all together. I didn't act like I knew everything. And you know what? Paul wrote the New Testament. But yet, he humbled himself and said, you know what, if you don't understand, let's talk about what you do understand. Right? You don't understand how to talk in tongues or what about this Holy Spirit thing? Let's not talk about that today. People say, oh, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, they will be. Let them understand their salvation first. Amen? Some people ain't never been in church and people are trying to get them to believe the Old Testament. I mean, I don't know what they're trying. You know, read the book of Leviticus and do it. Come on, let's get them past John 3.16. 
Because that foundation you can grow from. Amen? Because that's the love of God. Amen? How did we get there? Oh, this verse right here. <laughs> to the weak, became, I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. What's he doing? He's saying, I'm going to do and endure whatever it takes to get to whoever it takes to get to it. Amen? I am made, look at these words, I am made all things. What was love? It bears all things. It endures all things. Amen? It believes all things. It hopes all things. What's he saying? I made all things. Sounds to me like he's walking in love. Hmm? Sounds a little bit like love. I've made, I'm, I'm being made all things to all men that I might be by all means save some. Amen? And so many people are like, yeah, Paul, that great. He is so great and he's doing that just so he can do it. You know, he wants people to see that he's Paul. No, that's not why he did it. Look at the next verse. This is why he did it. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker thereof with you. And a lot of people say, yeah, he wants to be a partaker. No, he's already a partaker. He wants to be a partaker with you. He wants you to be a partaker with him. In other words, he does all this so he can partake, but he doesn't want to partake by himself. He wants you to partake with him. That's, the, that's, that's what Christianity is about. It's not enough that I'm saved. i got to tell you. Amen? Christianity is about stirring up the faith and the gifts that are within you and, and, and telling people, hey, look who I got. Look who I found. Look what I know. Why? So that you can be a partaker with them. Because you don't want them left out. It's not just about you being a partaker. Anybody can be a partaker. And if you'll notice, if you stop right there, all you are is a taker. You took your part. But if you want to be a partaker with them, you're saying, I want to take my part and I want you to have yours. It's not enough for me to have my part. I do this for the sake of the gospel so you can have your part with me. Glory to God. It's so much bigger than us when we get rid of the unlove. Yes, that's not a word, but it is today. Right? Unlove is selfish. Right? It doesn't care about other people. It just wants its part. Selfish Christianity doesn't have a place. You, we must care about other people. And that is going to take some of your time away from you. Guess what? Me time? No. <laughs> people don't like that. Let's go over here. Me time? Uh-uh. You don't get none. You get them time. Right? That's what you get. Them time. I get them time. When I take time for me, that is a time to make a foothold for the devil. What? Well, you've got to take time to think about yourself sometimes. No. If you will think about others, God will take care of you. Jesus never woke up one morning and thought of Himself. Ever. Ever. God will take care of us if we'll do this. If we'll become... When we get up in the morning and we say, 
What are we going to do today? Oh, work. That is so full of unbelievers and sinners. They don't even know God. Why are you complaining? You're going to the field. What better place for a Christian to be than in a room full of unbelievers? Right? One that believes in the love of God, he will walk in there in that love and his mere presence will change the atmosphere of that place. You can't bring the love, peace, joy, the characteristics of that love into a circumstance and that circumstance remain the same. The only way you could do it is if you hide that love. Which makes it unlove. Hidden love is unlove. (laughs) Unlove. I don't like that word, but it's a good word. I don't want to be unlovely. Do you want to be unlovely? No. No, we serve a lovely God. He's marvelous. He's beautiful. He's wonderful. And He never thinks about anything but you and me. Every thought He has, every, every single thought He has is, is a thought and a plan for us, and it has a certain end, as it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. In other words, what is that certain end? Your victory. Right? His plans all work out for our good. If His plans all work out for our good, what, what does it matter what we're doing within that plan? Why are we trying to replan? Or why are we trying to guess what His plan is? You know, God, I'd do it, but I just need to know what your plan is. Trust me, He's going to be okay and He'll do something good. Yeah, yeah. we don't even need to know His plan. Just walk in it. It'll be a good thing. Amen? He's got a good plan. Paul went on, he said, I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might be a partaker thereof with you. And that's how I'm always going to read this from now on. I'm never going to read it like I can be a partaker thereof. They almost leave out the with you. In fact, there are versions that leave out the with you. That he just wants to be a partaker. Paul's not. He was already saved. He was saved on the road to Damascus. If he never did another thing in his life, he'd have went to heaven. Right? Yeah, guess what? Works don't do it. Right? He wasn't working to get to heaven. He was working because he loved He was enduring all things and becoming all things to all people because he loved them and he wanted them to partake with him. He had found the greatest gift ever and he wanted to share it. That's our heart. That's the heart of a Christian. Amen? Then he goes on and he says, says, let me explain this to you further. In verse 24 he says, don't you know that everybody that that gets in a race runs? Except me, I would walk because I don't want to be in a race. (laughs) everybody that gets in the race runs. But only one person gets the crown. Why did that one person get it? They wanted it more. And because they wanted it more, they endured more. They they trained more. It wasn't just about that they were destined to win it. They did the things that it took to win it. Amen. Amen? They didn't eat the cake after they walked. Huh? Like me and Kim. Hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm going on a cakewalk today. You can look at me wrong if you want. When we get home, cakewalking. I'm going to go walk, and then we're going to eat cake. And I'm going to like it. But if I were training to run a 5K, which I hope the Lord never asked me to do... 
then I would not eat the cake. Right? It says if you're going to run and you want to win, and that's what he said. He said only one receives the prize, but he said, speaking as a Christian, and we're still talking about these verses where he says, I become all things to all people. He says, run in such a way to win. That's what he's saying. He's saying, run like you're going to win. Amen? In Christianity, we should do nothing like we might lose. Losing is not an option for us. If we're, if we're witnessing to somebody, if we're loving somebody, if, if God's got us involved in somebody's life, I don't care if it looks like they've went a, a completely backwards. We don't quit. Amen? We stay on it and we run, we keep running like we're going to win. I don't care if the whole pack is two miles ahead of you, you're expecting every one of them to trip and you to go over them. And if I am, it's almost, no. He keeps my feet like, he makes my feet like Heinz feet, right? Not tripping. Thank you, Lord. So we run to win. Next verse. For every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. And that makes very little sense to people who just talk hillbilly. <laughs> Amen? He, every man that striveth for mastery. Every person that wants to be the best. That, that Masters aren't just... If you were a master in something, you're the one that teaches everybody to do it. Yes. In other words, you've mastered it. If you're striving for something in Christ, you're striving to master it. You, you want to be the one that somebody comes to and says, I don't know what to do, and immediately the love of God comes up to in you and the wisdom just comes out of you. And you, you're able to tell them exactly what God would have them do or tell them where to look. Hallelujah. Amen? That's what my mom always does. I said, Mom, what should we do here? And she goes, well, there's a scripture here, here, and here. Go look them up. I said, no, Mom, I just want somebody to tell me if I wanted to look up scriptures, I'd have just gotten the book. She said, no, you look them up. <laughs> we won't get off on that. <laughs> but if you're going to master something, you also must be temperate in all things. If you're going to master becoming all things to all men and walking the love walk, then you're going to have to master the characteristics of love. Amen? So you're going to have to master forgiveness which means you're going to have to master not becoming offended. You're going to have to master getting your own way. You're going to have to master doing things that you want to do, even though, you know, well, there's a meeting tonight, but I want to watch this football game. I don't understand why i got to go to the meeting. Oh, was I talking that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> went, went into my own world for a second. <laughs> you got to master those things. When your flesh feels like sitting on the couch... And there's people out there that need Jesus. The master goes that way. The couch potato watches the game. I've, I've done both. One's good, one's bad. <laughs> I'll let you decide. <laughs> I enjoy doing things for God. Amen? But, but we have to master these things. We have to master being patient. In other words... When, when you leave here, it's not time for you to, you know, you've got to be prepared at all times. I mean, you could leave this place, walk out the door, drive around the corner, and somebody pull out in front of you. And you could say, what, am I invisible? <laughs> and all the time the Spirit in you is saying, master that. Restrict yourself to only what I say. 
restrict yourself to only the actions of love, right? (laughs) I'm pretty good at that too. You can tell I've said that before, can't you? (laughs) Not lately. It's been at least two, three hours. No, (laughs) no, I'm getting better all the time. I'm not invisible. (laughs) We we have to master these things. We have to restrict ourselves. Look at this verse uh, in the NIV. Or no, I'm not sorry, uh, Amplified. Amplified. It says, now every athlete who goes into training, how many know you've got to train to obtain? If you want to obtain, you've got to train. Amen? It says, every, every athlete that goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. All things. He believes. He endures. He bears. He trusts. He hopes. He doesn't seek his own way. He doesn't keep record of wrongs, and he's patient, and he's kind. And he, guess what? Those are not characteristics of the flesh. But they are characteristics of love. And if we're going to train properly, we're going to restrict ourselves that that's our diet. Yeah, what I would say, if people say, what do I got to do to exercise my faith? Cardio, 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 cardio. Work on your heart every day. Because out of it will flow the issues of life. Right? You, you can lift all the weights you want, but you better get some heart work in or you ain't going to make it. Amen? Amen? Because to, be, to, to restrict yourself to not being offended ever, to not getting your own way. Well, you should, but sometimes I'm right. I should get my way. Getting your own way is never going to be right. Sometimes you don't need to get your way just so you don't get your way. Right? How many know that there... If, how many got kids? Aren't there times where you just say no just because they need to hear no? Yeah. Not because it's a, they were asking to do a bad thing. It's just time for them to calm down and hear no for a minute. Right? Your flesh needs to hear no way more than it hears no. My flesh, it's got to hear no. <laughs> right? It's true. Offense can keep us out, guys. Offense... Think about this. We talked about this last time I preached. Naaman almost lost his healing over offense. He was offended because the associate pastor walked out the door. Right? We talked about it last time. You can get the message. But thank God that the servant loved him and knew the love of God. Right? Because if you, get, if you get offended because it didn't come out the way you wanted to, you're going to be offended almost, no, for sure, every day of your life. Because guess what? We don't get our way. We get His way. And His way is the best way. His way cares about other people. And if His way is for the associate pastor to come to the hospital when you're in it, then that's the right way. And if His way is for one of the parking lot guys to come to the hospital, that's the right way. Quit looking at who showed up and look that somebody did. Because there are a lot of people in the hospital ain't nobody coming to see. (laughs) That's all free. has nothing to do with the message. (laughs) Offense will keep you out. Amen? Bitterness will keep you away from the things of God. It'll keep God from where He can't get to you. 
He can't get to you. All he's got left for you is mercy. So he's saying, which is great, but he's trying to do so much more. He's trying to do so much more. We don't, we, it's, it's not okay to have to be right. If you have to be right, and, you, and if, you're not, if you're not right, you're going to spend several hours or days sulking, that's not love. That's not love. Guess what happened in those several hours or days that you were thinking about what you didn't get or how it didn't work out for you? Whoever you were supposed to minister to went without or God used somebody else, which is bad because you missed out on a chance to love. Amen? Everything God asks us to do is an opportunity to show His love to someone else. Amen? We serve a good God. Amen? But we must restrict ourselves. Restricting yourselves means literally saying, no, you can't go there. You put a wall around you say, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't eat meat. Oh, ooh. Sorry. <laughs> you can always eat meat. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but you may have to endure a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, it may be broccoli too. I, you know what? I'm not going to preach on that at all. Got some growing to do. <laughs> Glory to God. But we may have to endure things that are contrary to our flesh. We, we may have to love when we don't feel like it. The fact is, you almost won't ever feel like loving when the love of God wants to. Because it loves past us. It loved you past what you deserved. Amen? Thank God. You got love when you didn't deserve it. Amen? Look at Second Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. Look at another one. Paul. Paul is a perfect example of somebody who took Christ as an example and lived his life that way. Paul went to jail so some guy could get saved. One person. He went, he went to jail for one person. He didn't know that's why he went. It doesn't say, doesn't say that Paul knew he was going because the jailer was going to get saved. It, but Paul knew everywhere he went, his life was a witness. He knew everything he did, and so he, he endured all things. He went to jail, and him and Silas, they're sitting there singing in jail. And they're not singing the old blues. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, poor me, things are so bad, it's going to get worse, don't know if I can make it, hate this jail. No! 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 Let the monkeys in the Wizard of Oz sing that song because that ain't real. Amen? They were singing praises to God because of His goodness and His mercy and His love and because they had counted them, He had counted them worthy and put them in the ministry. And their ministry today was to get beat and put in jail. And they were happy. Amen? And how many know, oh, does not break down walls. But the love of God and the glory of God does. And when they began to sing, those walls came down. Amen? And, and the next thing they know, this guard who doesn't even know God or even be, is probably, he's not even Jewish. And he's saying, well, I want what you got. And before the night is over, him and his whole family are saved. Because Paul endures all things 
for all people. He says, I will gladly spend and be spent on your behalf. What's he saying? If it costs me a night in jail and 39 stripes on my back, so be it. What's he saying? He's saying the gospel is so much greater than what we might go through in this earth. Exactly. Not worthy to be compared. Amen? And we quit because it doesn't happen in our time frame. How do you know that God's not trying to get you through somewhere to where you're going to see the jailer? Your next step may be to the jailer's front door. Amen? You don't know. And and our life must be about more than us. It says your life is not your own. That should be our motto every day when we wake up. God, take me where I'm supposed to go. Let me meet who I'm supposed to meet. And let me be who I'm supposed to be to those people. And it doesn't matter where that road goes. We go like this. We go... Ooh, that road's a little rough. That couldn't be God. <laughs> and we just missed all those people over there. Why? Because the rough it was too rough. Take the rough road. He'll smooth it out. Take the crooked road. He'll make it straight. It says He will. Follow His path. Glory to God. He's got a plan, and it's a doggone good one. Amen? Did I say go to 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy uh, 2, verse 10 says, Therefore, I endure all things. Sounds like love again, doesn't it? You ever know, if you read what Paul says about, he always sounds like love. He always, he says, I endure all things. What does love do? It endures all things. Amen. Right? Paul sounds like love. What? And people, you know, people just think Paul was like a martyr or something. Paul wasn't a martyr. He was an apostle. He was a man of God. He was somebody who would hear from God and go to places no one else would go. You know why Paul did went through all the stuff he went through? Because he would. As simple as that. He would. Others would not. <laughs> He says, I endure all things. Why? For the elect's sake. In other words, I'm doing this for other people. This isn't about me. He says, I endure all things for the elect's sake. Why? That they may also... He's not saying that I can't so that I'll get salvation. He's saying so that they may also obtain the salvation. He's saying, I already got it. I'm not doing it for me. I can't be saved by what I do. I'm already saved. He said, I do this for the elect's sake so that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus. That's what he's doing. He's saying, I, I endure all things for that reason. You want a reason to endure all things? There's people going to hell. That's what Paul's saying. I endure all things because without that, they're going to hell. Without that, they'll never know God's good. Without that, they won't know He heals. Without that, they won't know the saving grace. I endure all things that all people may know. Amen? You know where this started? In 2 Timothy 2-3, we only started enduring. Well, how, Look at 2 Timothy 2-3. says, He's telling us, You, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier. Endure is a love word. You know, most of the words that I looked up, endure, 
in most every instance, not including this one, every one of those were of the derivative of the same endure all things that are love. I'm not showing you verses, verses that don't have to do with love. Every one of them, if you take them back to the Greek, they are the same derivative of the one that is in, in 1 Corinthians 13. This one's not, however. But, it's, but it means the same thing. It says, Thou for, therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What's he saying? Endure hard. He's not saying because you're getting paid for it. He's saying as a good soldier. You know what the best soldier is? The one that fights for the cause. Amen. Right? Amen. You, want to know, you want to know why we won the wars we won? They were full of people who volunteered because they loved the country and they loved the freedom of God in the country. Amen? You volunteered. Not, not they were going to get paid great. Some of the people got drafted, but the, the majority, like World War I, World, those were volunteers. When the war broke out, they, they ran and enlisted and were upset if they couldn't get in and go endure hardness. And we're upset if it rains too hard and the satellite quits working. <laughs> hey, I just used me as an example, okay? I haven't used any of you. It was your laughing and raising your hands that brought you in to partake with me. Enduring hardness as a good soldier means you're going to walk in love. It means you're going to restrict yourself to the things of that army. And in the army of God, it starts with love. And it begins with love and it ends with love. And everything within it flows through love. Amen? Amen? Amen. And, and, and we win because of that love because it's an unfailing love. When we act, when our faith works by this love... Our, the end of our faith is certain. Amen? Why? Because it acted in love. And love's unfailing. When you choose to endure, no matter what you're enduring, if you're, if you're believing God for healing in your life, when you choose to endure because you love Him and because you know He loves you and you know you've got more to do in this earth. Amen? How many know Paul had many chances to leave this earth and he chose to stay and endure it? Amen? And when you choose to stay and endure it out of love and through love, you're about to be healed. Amen? Glory to God. It's just true. But you're going to have to endure it for more than you. A soldier's not fighting for himself. Right? Everybody that goes to war that's only fighting for themselves isn't going to make it. Right? You ever seen a, a team... I'll use a football team, but if every one of them only does whatever they need to do to be seen, then that's an awful team. But when they come together, you know, I had a coach one time, and he, he drew up all the plays, and he started showing them to us, and he showed us the, the beginning and the end of every play. And the beginning started off just the way he planned it, and if everybody did what they were told to do, at the end of every offensive play was a touchdown. There is no play designed to get five yards if everyone does what they're told to do. If every block is made, if every person does exactly what it's designed to do, every offensive play is designed to go to the end zone. 
Right? If every Christian does what they're told to do every day, God has already brought us victory. There is no play that is designed to half win. He doesn't believe in half wins. He believes in whole victories. And He, through Jesus Christ, bought us whole victories. Amen? And because of these victories, when we start our faith, we should start with the intent to win. That's what Paul was saying in in 1 Corinthians 9. He's saying, if you get in the race... Plan on winning. He's saying, if you sign up, guess what? You win. Right? That's us. We are winners. We are not losers. When we we get in the race, the devil ought to go, oh, all right, we quit. That's That's what ought to happen. Every time he sees us coming, he ought to quit. It shouldn't even be a battle because he knows that you are there for the until it's over. And when it's over and the dust clears, you will be standing there, victory will be yours, and he will be lost. Amen? He should see us coming and he should tremble. We should never think, oh, the devil, oh, the devil. The devil, yeah, he's nothing. He's already defeated. And every play we have beats him again. And guess what? If it's the ninth inning and it looks like you lost, you didn't. Because it's your bat and it's your ball and you get to play more. We play till we win. It's not even in question. We play till we win. But if you don't endure, you'll quit because you looked at the score wrong. You looked up and saw you were losing. That's not possible. If you look up and it looks like you're losing, say, huh, I must be in the wrong game. (laughs) Yeah, let me pull out the big stick now. Yeah, oh, I I must have forgot that I had the name of Jesus and that I was forgiven and that I was His beloved. I must have forgot some of these things. Let me just remember them real quick and and get the victory. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Go to Hebrews 12 and we'll maybe possibly stop there. Whew. You know, in Romans, in Romans 5 it says that we joy in tribulations. We boast. We boast about tribulations. Why? Because when we see Him come, we say, that's just going to make me stronger. It's like, it's like the devil giving you ammunition. Because all you know, you're just going to get stronger. You look at it and you're like, yeah. I lifted this weight, now I'll lift this one. I ran this mile, now I'll run this one. Right? We boast in tribulations. Because we look at it and we say, you know what? That is only going to work patience in me. And patience is a characteristic of love. And you've now made a big mistake. you got love involved, devil. If you get love involved, you know you're losing. Anything that love is involved in is a certain victory for you. It is certain. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Did I say go to Hebrews 12? I'm about to get happy. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 12. This is who Paul looked at. This is our example. Amen? Jesus. He said in 12.1, He says, Wherefore, seeing we we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What's He saying? He's saying, you got all these people who've gone before you and shown you the way. And now they're rooting for you. 
Amen? Not only did they show you the way, they're cheering you on. Amen? He said, because we have all this, he said, and, and we know the love of God, let's lay aside every weight. What's, what are the weights? They're the things that drag you back. They're the things that keep you from winning. Right? If you were going to win the race you're in, you don't put ankle weights on. Anybody run with ankle weights? Is that crazy? I look at them, I'm like, like I don't have enough weight. Do I need some more? You need to add something here for me to run? I'm like, if you need to add weight to your legs, there's a good chance you don't need to run anyway. (laughs) I'm just kidding. If you run with ankle weights, more power to you. (laughs) It's like putting on one of those sweat vests. I'm going to sweat. I won't need that. (laughs) Good news. If I run over two-tenths of a mile, sweating will happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. God's good, isn't He? Let us lay aside every weight, everything, every offense, every unforgiveness. Anything that's not love is a weight. Anything that is not of Christ is a weight. Anything that draws you away from God, pulls you back, that's a weight that you don't need. Unforgiveness, bitterness, those are weights. Amen? And sin... It says, and the sin which so easily besets us. In other words, what he's saying, those temptations, those things. He said, don't give in to those. He said, get away from those. He said, lay them aside. In other words, what's, what are you having to do when he's saying lay them aside? It, it's your way. He's saying, lay, lay aside all these things that are your way and look at all these witnesses that never got their way for you. Look how happy they were. Look how blessed they were. Look at the victories they won. For you. They were happy. Why? Because they were winning it for you. And they were winning. I mean, winning is winning. Right? You ever, said, ever, ever see anybody that said, Oh, we won. <laughs> we won. Sure was a great victory. Fought hard and we won. No, people that win are happy. Amen? Lay aside the things that, that, that cause defeat in your life and follow after this cloud of witnesses and run the race. What's he say? He, says, he said, get rid of all these things because you're getting ready to run a race. He said, let us run the race with patience. Again, he has to add some love in there. That's a love word. Look it up. It's the same patience that's in, the, that's in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Amen. I looked them up. I wanted them in there. I wanted them to be the Greek root of love. This is it. This this is the same patience. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. That's what this word means. Cheerful, not not the kind of patience we learn in the world. I'm going to be patient no matter what. I'm going to drive and if somebody upsets me, I'm not going to get upset. Man, you've got so many marks in your steering wheel from your hands gripping it. That's not patience. Patience is happy, glad to do it, expecting something better, knowing it's coming, enduring faith. Amen? And he says, let us run with cheerful, hopeful endurance. Not quitters, not fainters. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. Anticipating victory. Amen? 
Because the tribulations, they're pressure. And, and the pressure, when endurance comes again, endurance is anticipating victory. Amen? Amen? Cheerful, hopeful endurance in the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking, what's he say? Let me give you a vision of how to do it. Not only am I going to tell you to do it, I'm going to show you that you can. Look at Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of your faith. He started it and he finishes it. Jesus didn't just come down to this earth and quit. He came down to this earth. He walked. He became a man. He paid the full price for all your sins. He healed your bodies at the same time. He finished the work. He didn't leave anything undone. Everything he did by faith, working by love, happened. Glory to God. He didn't just get you a ticket to heaven. He got you everlasting life on the way there. Glory to God. That's called starting and finishing. And that's what He's saying for us to do. He says, look at Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your face. He did it for the joy that was set before Him. He saw you. He wasn't looking at him. He looked at you. He saw you. Every step he took, he saw me. He saw you. He saw all the people of the world. And he did it for joy, believing that they'd be saved. He said, he's going to get saved. He's going to be saved. He's coming with me. He's mine. He saw the joy set before him. And he endured the cross, despising its shame. In other words, I don't care how low I got to go to get them. I'll go there. And he said, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So what's he still doing? Enduring for you. He's sitting, making intercession for you and me forever. Forever. He's interceding on our behalf by the right hand of God. And he's put us up there with him. We're now together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ because he chose to endure in love. Amen? Glory to God. Stand to your feet.